0: Chapter 34. There were eight other teens arrested. Four of them were not part of the murders. They flipped like golden brown pancakes. The other four also turned state's witnesses, but were looking at substantial jail time. All of the high schoolers told the same story. Albert Moffat was the head of a criminal organization with far-reaching tentacles. The victims picked were criminals double-crossing a bigger, more powerful criminal. The aunt and uncle Ricardo Morales complained about gave up their immediate dream of moving from the Kola sac to a safer place to raise children. Instead, they hired a top-notch criminal attorney to defend their nephew. Ricardo thought they were stupid for spending the money. He expected Mr. Moffat to fix everything. Ricardo became a legend at the gatherings. As a result of his status, his family was spared from the growing violence that prompted weekly police raids. Ricardo's mother, debilitated by his arrest and prosecution, quickly returned to her previous occupation. Two months after his conviction, she was found dead in a dark alley. Her neck was broken. Joe Crowder, drunk one night, was involved in a fender bender with some black teenagers. He pulled a missing police-issue revolver and shot two of them. Luckily, they lived. He disappeared and was rumored to be living somewhere in Montana. A 24-by-20 framed photograph of him was hung behind the bar in the Rebel Yell. He was toasted nightly. Margie Grenk was promoted to lieutenant. Multiple men and women had threatened to quit unless she was elevated in rank. Dolores and Richard Sparn sold their house and cashed in their life savings to hire the best criminal lawyer in the state. Richard, the kid, treated his lawyer with disdain. Upset that his mouthpiece didn't understand the power exercised by highly organized criminal enterprises. The kid and Ricardo remained close and defended each other during continuous jailhouse attacks. Mr. and Mrs. Sparn leased an apartment in Ray Grandisha's building. They became friends. Ray considered them some of the finest people he had ever met. Albert Moffat was appointed the most experienced public defender in the area. Since the state was paying for everything, his attorney was able to hire expensive consultants and psychiatrists. It didn't help. No one was able to communicate with Albert or decipher the odd language he spoke. Finally, an egghead psychiatrist with a double doctorate in archaeology and historical linguistics determined he was speaking an obscure form of Druidish Gaelic used primarily during the ritual of human sacrifice. No one could be found to translate. Many Cones was written on legal pad by Steve Lustina. Transcribed to a brother word processor by Angie Listina, Promoted by Jerry Greco. Published by Joe Ruroad. Narrated by Tom Listina, Consulted on by Don Levinson. Designed by Ryan Wake. Summarized by Ramesh Uni. Mastered by Eric Steiner. Emotionally supported by Colleen Riley and AJ Listina and most importantly, listened to by you. I cannot thank you enough for that. Because of you, my father's dream is realized.